Hey, I'm Scott. And I'm Chris. And this is Doxologic, where we help you think with your Bible. We're excited to be with you guys today to discuss really the purpose behind which this podcast exists, uh, talking about how to help people think well with their Bibles for the glory of God. Uh, So that leads us probably to a basic conversation about the name and uh, really that subtitle. And so we're calling it... Yeah, Doxa Logic, uh, first of all, because uh, we are Doxa Church. Doxa is the Greek word for glory. Uh, we want to help people live their entire lives for the glory of God. And then, uh, you know, logic came together pretty pretty easily when it comes to really helping people uh, think well in a big sense to the glory of God, and then doing so biblically as well, um, helped just land on that name originally. Yeah, so probably helpful to get into a little bit of what that means because I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, there's all kinds of podcasts. Why listen to this one? Why would this one be helpful to add to my you know, drive uh, to work in the morning? And uh, so what we want to talk about today is some of the key components we believe are involved in thinking well with your Bible. And uh, first one that comes to mind is shaping a worldview that you live from. And that's a lot different than a few Bible verses that are kind of tacked in your mind when you read in the morning, you kind of take that nugget away, and then you live off of that one verse. A a worldview is a very different thing to form as a Christian. Well, and so many Christians um, don't understand that fundamentally we all operate from some form of worldview. we cherry pick a lot, though. We grab what's trendy, we grab what's current, grab what we've heard recently, and we just f- don't filter it very well. And rather than have a robust, biblically informed worldview from who God is, who we are as His creation, all of that, we end up maybe from the Bible, maybe from pop psychology, smashing stuff together and ending up um, in a mess, shockingly, when we're faced with things we don't know how to handle, but we don't have a framework to even process our lives anyway. Since so a worldview needs to come in before the big problem, before yeah. the big issue is um, right in front of you. Well, it's interesting too, because the word worldview isn't actually in the Bible, and yet it's absolutely in the Bible. In fact, it's one of our responsibilities as dads, being two dads right here, right. that we are supposed to, Ephesians 6, 4, uh, discipline our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, right? To bring them up in that mm-hmm. sense. And one of the words yeah. in the Greek there is the word paideia, which essentially is the enculturation of your kids into a worldview. Now, yeah. that's expected of parents to give the kids, which would imply then that you have a worldview to give away. And like you said, everyone operates from one, but we're going to try to get to how do you frame one intentionally with the Bible um, at the center and the glory of God, the motive behind everything that you do. And and that is more than having just the right answer to things. It's more than knowing uh, some Bible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but keep going on that thought with uh, dads and their kids. Uh, for for you, where is this kind of come um, to be so meaningful in that very arena for you and your own kids recently? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that it's you know um, personally done with me is caused me to rethink my responsibility to my own kids' education. <laughs> We're just. I grew up in public school, right? I was a public school kid. You guys probably see that when I preach. You get what you pay for, okay? And uh, one of the things about um, the responsibility of growing your kids with a worldview is you start to think beyond 
oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. My kids are supposed to go to public school. They're supposed to go to kindergarten. You know, they're supposed to do everything that we're told we're supposed to do versus taking a more intentional look at, hmm. is that all I'm responsible for? Making sure my kids learn some subjects and uh, become, you know, um, able to get a job when they're out of high school and, and fend for themselves? Or am I actually responsible for more? And if that's the case, then how do I deal with the shepherding responsibilities and deeper than simply what you're learning, why you're learning it, and how all of it has to um, connects to the glory of God and God at the center? So it's like uh, kids or parents of young kids especially should be asking bigger questions than how's Johnny doing in math in second grade? Right. Right. How's his handwriting and is the teacher helping him? with grammar. Sure. We need to be asking bigger questions. Sure. Those things do matter. Why do they matter? And what worldview really are they learning or right. even absorbing if totally. we're not um, paying attention? Because they are absorbing one. And you can obviously know that from your experience as a kid yourself. Well, and I the do. only thing that seemed to matter as a kid was whether or not you got a good grade. Right. Because the basic mentality, it's very utilitarian. It's all about usefulness, right? So you're learning math. Why are you learning math? So you can get a good grade in order to have some tools to get into a good college and then eventually to get a good job. And that's merely what I took in. And I never once thought, why am I studying math versus something else? And how is this connected to the way God's designed the universe to work? Mm. And how does this actually increase my worship of God? And, and that's just, that's the main thought. But then you start thinking about if it's, uh, if I'm supposed to help my kid in more than just the subjects, then there's a responsibility to consider who am I allowing to shepherd my kid and what role am I playing in that? Am I primary in my kid's own development as a person and as a Lord willing, a Christian upon them coming to faith, which is yeah. of course every Christian dad's yep. hope and dream for their kids. 100%. So, yeah. yeah. So a worldview uh, is a big part of what we're seeking to accomplish, really helping a robust biblical worldview get into more and more people. Number two would be this, uh, thinking biblically with my Bible, right? We're not just looking to think with our Bibles. For sure, we need to be doing that, knowing the Word, where do we go to address certain issues, but thinking biblically and, um, you know, one thing that comes to mind would be uh, not like a Pharisee, mm -hmm. right? Don't use your Bible like a Pharisee um, used their Bible with all the knowledge, but none of the heart, none of the compassion, none of the sincere love for God and His Word, and it became so uh, simply religious in that sense. And so thinking biblically gets into the idea of truth and tone, yep. both mattering together. 100%. And that's the thing is, it seems to be every conversation that seems to have any disagreement these these days becomes very polarizing. So you've got the truth people that are very committed to getting you the truth. And then when the person comes in and goes, hey, but I, I didn't like the tone that you use, and I think Jesus calls us to something more, the truth person crushes the tone person right. and says, suck it up. The truth is the truth, and you need it like a hammer across the face, you know? And then the reverse is that the tone person that goes, you know, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. Like, there probably needs to be a development of, okay, sometimes the truth needs to be like a hammer. I mean, that's what the Word of God is. That's what Jeremiah described the Word of God. Right. And yet, the truth in love says there's an expectation that not just the message matters, but the medium of the message matters.
Yeah, yeah. As I think about, personally for me, thinking biblically with my Bible has been in the realm of eschatology in right. the last year or so. I can remember um, interviewing uh, with Give us you. a little background to that word. Yeah, yeah, good. Eschatology, the study of the end times, the study of uh, what's going to happen uh, from where we are now up to the return of Christ. Yeah. And so... Um, Most people are just pan-millennials, right? It's just it'll all pan out, and, and I'm scared of it other than that. Exactly. Right. And that's frankly where I was. I, I admitted that to you. I can remember during interviewing, uh, you know, the process of becoming a pastor here five right. and a half years ago, I said, man, um, I feel really solid in so many ways, but in eschatology, I'm always looking for the exit door of the conversation. Sure. I'm trying to get out, especially to the impassioned person who's got their system perfectly figured out, because partly because I didn't have mine figured out. Right. Secondly, I couldn't really even understand where the maybe unbiblical line of thinking was and how perfectly clean their system was, and it would intimidate me. And yeah. so I've embarked this last year on a journey through um, different forms of premillennialism, amillennialism, postmillennialism. <laughs> That's a mouthful <laughs> yeah. to say. Uh, if those terms are new to you, we'll probably have a forthcoming episode on some of these big issues of that. But I've been reading, and I'm finally to the place now where I can um, I can poke the holes in, in different things, because um, if it's too clean, you, you might be cleaner than the Scripture lays it out for you, and you might be in trouble of not thinking biblically with your Bible even about something like eschatology, which some people hold so firmly, sure. and and uh, it's critical that we think biblically in that arena, as of course with every arena, uh, which leads us even to our third big um, issue that we want to focus on, is the humility and grace needed. Eschatology conversations for sure, but every conversation yeah. needing humility and grace. Sure. And the, the goal, as you develop something like an eschatology, is not to walk around and say, I finally have the right answer, and everyone else who disagrees with me is wrong. That's By not... virtue of disagreeing with me. Correct. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think I want to be clear in our first episode to say when we're committed to thinking well with our Bibles for the glory of God, what we're not trying to produce is a people that think winning the argument and thinking right is the goal, the end all be all. That's not what right. we're after. That actually thinking well with your Bible also is, like you said, it's a development, a cultivating of humility and grace so we can actually have a conversation about these things. And be okay to disagree about things that good godly men and women disagree on and can and still fellowship together in those kind of things. So right. just making sure that this isn't like perfect, a, a, a podcast where I can learn how to be right about everything. That's, that's definitely not our goal. Yeah. It's good. How do you experience that though as a pastor? I mean, we're going through something right now where um, you see very polarizing topics. Uh, yeah, 100%. As we think about humility and grace, wanting that to be part of the kind of the cornerstone of how we build upon this podcast, we think about where we are these days with the COVID situation. As you think about being a pastor right now, and of course, church leaders of all kinds and leaders of other kinds are facing so many passionately um, polarized and opposite views. And so I think about things very recently recently that I've either heard or read where you're a bad shepherd of God's people if you're not meeting already, right. um, or, you're, or you're a bad shepherd uh, for um, sounding like you want to make me get back together when I'm not ready to, right. among other things. Or, or why can't you see it? Why can't you see through what the government's doing and resist the tyranny? And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, what happens is, 
it almost becomes a form of Gnosticism, which is that there's this elusive second tier behind the scenes, behind the curtains knowledge that I am a beneficiary of. And I'm the one that owns that. And I'm placing on you, like if you had the knowledge I have, you would make the decision that I did. And that's not the way we want to approach this as Christians. Do we want to be informed? Absolutely. But if we think that the few articles we read make us an expert, the know-alls, Honestly, we shouldn't be repenting because um, we've read a bunch of stuff. We should be repenting ever thinking that we would know everything about a particular circumstance. Sure. Uh, just thinking personally about this, um, can I be honest on a podcast? Can I be If you're not, okay. this won't be as enjoyable. <laughs> <Fair>. So, <laughs> so okay. like, not walking around with a mask, maybe in Trader Joe's, for sure. example, which I frequent, um, not walking around with a mask, and maybe two-thirds-ish of people still are, having to check my own heart to see um, that I could basically pity the fool who is doing this out of misinformation or what I don't think is actually necessary or something like that. But I've got to be careful to not have that be um, a, a subtle form of pride. Sure. Getting into my own heart to be like, this is my own demonstration, my sure. own silent demonstration. Got to be careful with that and mm-hmm. realize that you don't know the person. You don't know why they're wearing a mask and they might have very legitimate means or reasons to wear something like that. To go against the term, the name doxa logic, sometimes logic needs to be trumped by love. And so what's logical to you and what makes so much sense to you, like obviously masks don't do anything good for somebody in terms of protecting them. So why is anyone doing that? That type of attitude is actually not conducive or helpful to the church. Being united and being the light that it should be. And so um, there's so many good things to talk about. I'm I'm excited for this podcast. But I think what I want to maybe conclude with is to say, why would someone want to keep listening? Like get to the, so what for me, help me understand. I, there are things in my life on a regular basis. I want to know why this podcast is going to help. Right. So our hope is to bring a topic to you. Could be controversial, could be just explaining a biblical passage. Um, Scott's a primary preaching um, pastor at our church, and so we could be going off of recent sermon things to build out a little bit more, but we don't want to simply inform your thinking. We want there to be that so what of how ought this to inform and influence the way I'm thinking, then the way I'm feeling, and finally the way I'm living and acting in the world, because so much of the time, our poor thinking, poor theology, becomes that fertilizer for idolatry, for sin. And it could be a variety of kinds that are very overt uh, in our lives, but also very subtle to us as well. So we want to help bring it to a place where you can really see the benefit in your own life as to why I should think with this robust worldview, not simply to be right, but to be more Mm Christ-like and to be mature in my faith, stable, not shifting with the winds, right? Not afraid, uh, not being tossed to and fro, um, but really helping people get to that practical place of where this really flushes out. So love that. Love that. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. Everything in our lives can be traced back to the way we think. We want to break that down and we want to starve thinking that's not biblical and replace that thinking with true biblical Christianity, a biblical worldview. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, that's it. 
So a great first episode. We're excited so much to come. We've been talking for quite a while about this and looking into how we want to bless our church and the church at large with um, helping people think with their Bibles. We pray Doxologic is going to be a great blessing to you. Thanks for tuning into this first uh, episode. Much more to come, and we'll talk to you guys soon. You've been listening to Doxologic, a podcast by Doxa Church in Rockland, California. To learn more, visit doxachurch.net.